Welcome, everybody, to the newest edition of the House of Chayton podcast. This is, of course, episode six, and we have got a lot, and I mean a lot to talk about. Lots of news, lots of stuff breaking due to San Diego Comic-Con happening as we speak. But nonetheless, anything that I miss talking about this week will be discussed next week. A lot of trailers, a lot of news, a lot of uh, box office stuff, and the movie of the week, and much, much more. So, let's get into that. Let's get into the box office report for the weekend of July 15th through July 17th. So much, and I'm just already stuttering with all the excitement, if you will. But last week, we had Thor Love and Thunder winning number one. And this week, this past weekend, it continues that trend. It is now is number one at the box office for the second week in a row. With 44 or $46 million. Now, currently, it is at... Let's look right now on the Chayton Tron 5000. It is at worldwide a total of $516 million. Now... We've got Nope coming out this week, so we will see where it will lead. I am will be stunned if it does not become number one due to this past weekend's drop for Thor. Number two was Minions Rise of Brew with our $26 million. That uh, was number two last week, and now it stands at a $551 million. So they Minions and Thor are neck and neck. We also have a new release of War of the Crawdex Sing from Sony Pictures. That is at $17 million. So, impressive for a... Um, I've been hearing a lot of things about this. It's a woman who raised herself in the marshes of the deep south becomes a suspect in a murder of a man she want, was once involved with. So, I have heard people tell me about this movie. I may check it out myself. I have not seen the trailer, but um, impressive that it's made that much so far. So then we had number four, Top Gun Maverick, which went down one because it was number three the previous week, and it's made $12 million. Still climbing. Then we got Elvis, number five. Paul's of Fury, The Legend of Hank was number six, so that was the other new release. That was basically the two main releases this week, this past weekend. Before And then this week we got Nope. And then, of course, uh, Black Phone at number seven. Jurassic World Dominion, number eight. Number nine is Miss Harris Goes to Paris. And finally, dropping down by three slots is Lightyear at number 10. That will also be coming to Disney Plus in the beginning of August. And it's also interesting to note that two A24 movies are in the top 15. Marcel is number 11, dropped from number eight. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once is at number 12. Number 11 was Marcel. So, with all that being said, let's get into some news. Before we do that, let's take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor. You know, I wasn't planning on talking about anything wrestling related. But then, on Friday, to be perfectly honest, the biggest news of the week dropped. Especially for wrestling fans. And that is that Vince McMahon announced he is retiring from WWE. 
I knew it was going to happen eventually. I just didn't expect to be this fast. But this comes to us from Variety. It's our top story for this episode. Vince McMahon announced his retirement for WWE. Vince McMahon announced that he is retiring for WWE amid the ongoing misconduct investigation being undertaken by the company's board of directors. As I approach 77 years old, I feel it's time for me to retire as chairman and CEO of WWE, which we all know that's not the real reason. McMahon said in a statement released by Sports Entertainment Company, the Sports Entertainment Company, Throughout the years, it's been a privilege to help WWE bring you joy, inspire you, thrill you, surprise you, and always entertain you. I would like to thank my family for contributing to our success, and I would also like to thank all of our past and present superstars and employees for their dedication and passion for our brand. Most importantly, I would like to thank our fans for allowing us into your homes every week and being your choice of entertainment. I hold the deepest appreciation and admiration for our generations of fans all over the world who have liked, currently like, and sometimes even love our form of sports entertainment. McMahon's retirement comes after it was announced in June that he would be stepping down from his role as chairman and CEO as WWE and made an ongoing investigation into allegations that he paid off or paid out millions of dollars to multiple women to keep quiet about alleged affairs and misconduct. The Wall Street Journal reported that McMahon ultimately paid a total of $12 million as part of the agreement. He remained on board as head of creative since then, but he will now be exiting that role as well. McMahon went on to say to his, in his statement that his daughter Stephanie and WWE President Nick Khan would serve as co-CEOs upon his departure. With Stephanie also serving as chairwoman, she had been named interim CEO when her family initially stepped down, or when her father initially stepped down. Since taking the company public, McMahon remains the WWE's biggest shareholder. The announcement will no doubt send, uh, will no doubt send shockwaves through the world of professional wrestling and media at large. McMahon is a third-generation promoter, having taken over WWE, then WWF, from his father, Vince McMahon Sr., in the 1980s, he took fresh wrestling to new heights, breaking from the traditional territory model of years past, and taking his company national eventually globally. He has also become known for his appearances on screen as the villainous Mr. McMahon character, who famously feuded with Stone Cold Steve Austin during WWE's so-called Attitude Era. So, what do I think about this? I... Everybody is celebrating. I saw SmackDown as well when they Stephanie was like saying, thank you, Vince, and the fans were chanting. Everybody's celebrating the fact that he's gone and that he is, he is leaving and that change is coming. Due to the people that have taken charge, I, I will hold out optimism for any change that may or may not come. I do not believe it will be immediate, if any. Triple H also reserved, uh, resumed his uh, previous role before his heart condition um, and all that, so that is good. But, basically, I don't. if there is any change coming, I do not see it happening until the next 6 to, to 12 months. 
But let's not forget the possibility that things could be worse than what it is now. Before Vince stepped down, all that stuff. Things could be worse, or things could be better, or things could be exactly the same. To me, there needs to be some improvement to show that Vince Man was the reason why this company is the way it is. And if it's not, if there is no improvement, then I don't know what else to tell you in regards to this. Now, as far as Vince Man's legacy. Now, granted, I have said this, his legacy will be tainted due to this whole investigation. However, this is, the fight, this is the one thing that finally brought him down in this regard. He will also be known for being a visionary in the world of, of professional wrestling. And as he would like to say, sports entertainment. Taking the company public. Of course, getting all the deals, all the stuff. But let's not also forget a lot of stuff that he has done over the past. Like, of course, the firing of many employees during the pandemic. Basically, kicking these people to the curb. All the scandals that have happened. The steroid trials and stuff with other wrestlers like Jimmy Snuka. Handlings of different events like the Owen Hart death. The Ben Wall murder, suicide, and so on and so forth. This man will be remembered for a lot of things, both good and bad. But I will say this: there will be, there will never be another person like Vince Man in this in this world. And sometimes you kind of ask yourself, do you really want someone like that around? The man was a character. The man was a very not just controversial, but polarizing, but also a very unique and odd individual. I feel like I'm talking like giving a eulogy, but the man's not dead yet. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next 6 to 12 months. Because that's where I feel like if any change happens, that will be when it happens. So, yeah, I I do not know exactly what is going to be for the future of this company, like I said, it could improve, it could remain the same, or it could get worse. They've never had this, uh, and ever since Vince took control of his, of his father's company, we've never had this type of thing. The closest thing we had was the steroid trial, I believe, in 94. So, who knows where this is going to lead. But, we'll be on a log for the ride. And, and all that. So with that being said, let's get to the final bit of news, or the, not the final bit of news, the rest of the news. It's been a, it's been a busy week in terms of news, and this, this thing just took the cake. And then we will be back to take a moment, and when, until then, we will take a moment from our, to listen to our sponsors. And we are back here with movie news. And of course, we've got the brand new trailer has been rumored and it finally released, actually released a day early due to leaks. And that is the trailer for Halloween Ends. From the trailer, it is not coming to Peacock or anything. It's going to be released exclusively to theaters on October 14th. This comes to us from Blade Disgusting. Halloween Ends trailer is finally here and at long last, Michael Myers and Laurie Strode are going to battle until the bitter bloody end. 
The footage is a quick montage of scenes that culminates with the long-promised battle between Michael and Lori, ending with the shape trying to shove her hand into the garbage disposal. So we've got we got that director director David Gordon Green has recently teased that there will be a four-year jump from the events of kills to the events of ends. And it's said to be more intimate and contained. And then we've gotten a poster, and then we've gotten the synopsis. So the synopsis. After 45 years, the most acclaimed, revered horror franchise in film history reaches its epic, terrifying conclusion as Laurie Strode faces off for the last time against the embodiment of evil Michael Myers in the final confrontation Unlike any capture on screen before, only one of them will survive. Icon Jamie Lee Curtis returns for the last time as Laurie Strode, horror's first final girl. That actually I would say would go to Janet Lee, but that's her mother, but that's a conversation for another time. They're on a launch Curtis's career, that is agreed, that I can agree with. Curtis has portrayed Laurie for more than four decades on the longest actor-character pairings in cinema history. When the franchise relaunched in 2018, Halloween shattered box office records, becoming the franchise's highest-grossing chapter and set a new record for the biggest opening weekend for a horror film starring a woman. So here is the synopsis. Four years after the events of last year's Halloween Kills, Lori is living with her granddaughter, Allison, and is finishing writing her memoir, Michael Myers Hasn't Been Seen Since, Lori, after allowing the specter of Michael to be to determine and drive her reality for decades, has decided to liberate herself from fear and rage and embrace life. But when a young man, Corey Cunningham, is accused of killing a boy he was babysitting, ignites a cascade of violence and terror that will force Lori to violently confront the evil she can't control once and for all. Let's see, Nick Castle, the original Michael Myers, had recently noted that Halloween Ends will be a surprising conclusion to Dave Gordon Reed's uh, trilogy. While makeup effects artist Chris Nelson similarly teased that the third installment in the trilogy is weird and different, and John Carpenter may called uh, the new movie a departure in a recent interview. So, as far as that, I have said that I loved all the movies. I even love Kills. I know I'm in the minority there. I thought it was the best film of last year. But nonetheless, I'm really looking forward to it. The trailer looked fucking amazing, and I cannot wait. And I will be there opening night. Next up, last week we talked about Rob Zombies and Monsters. We talked about the the debacle that was the trailer and how it looked better in black and white and all. That. And again, I want to reiterate, this is coming from a Rob Zombie fan. I'm a fan of all of his movies. I think Lord of Salem is 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 un most underrated. I think Halloween 2 is his most underappreciated. But I will call Spade Spade and say that this trailer was garbage. I didn't hate it to the same extent that a lot of people did, but it was like for the budget and all that, which according to Rob Zombie in a recent Facebook post, it did not cost $40 million, so I will retract that statement I made previously. So, in more news regarding the Monsters, it will be premiering on Netflix this September, so it will not be coming to theaters. And according to Rob Zombie, it was never coming to theaters. Now, one thing I will add to that, though, in the trailer, the original trailer, it did say it was coming directly or coming to theaters. 
So I will I will address that matter right now. As far as it being on Netflix, I'm actually shocked it's not coming on Peacock, but I don't I could make a joke right now and saying that the mood looks so bad that even Universe, even Peacock doesn't want it, but nonetheless. So Rob Zombies has been teasing his take on the months on the monsters for over a year now. Updates have been cryptic at best was was Zombie pretending to be in production up to a few weeks ago and a trailer released just last week. When the news of the Munsters originally leaked, it was confirmed to be an universal home entertainment production with plans released on the studio's Peacock streaming services. Bloody Disgusting exclusively reported back in May that the film had since been sold to Netflix and will, be, will premiere this coming fall. Rob Zombie himself confirmed news on Instagram telling fans that they can head back to Mockingbird Lane this September on Netflix streaming service. Now... Now, with the whole situation with that, with the, it will be cool, though, I will say, because we're also getting the Adams Family spinoff called Wednesday with Jenna Ortega playing Wednesday Adams. So, as far as that goes, I'm actually interested in that regarding, that's kind of cool that those two are coming around the same time. So, but this whole thing has been a, honestly, a complete mess. I don't understand also why it's on Netflix and not on Peacock due to the fact that the original Munster show is on Peacock for continuity's sake, but it is what it is. So, um, Rob Zombie posted, said, this fall we're going to spook out like it's 1964. Yep, the Munsters and Am's family are returning to the boob tube at the same time, courtesy of Netflix, it's been 58 years since the this clash of the titans first happened. Perfect entertainment for your pumpkin carving party. Check out the week, Wicked Fall Preview issue of TV Guide for the 1964-1965 season. Found while cleaning, wacky monster fans, monster fans unite. I will be reviewing this. Uh, I'm going to start reviewing certain movies. I see that maybe not may not be the um, movie of the week. Um, like another movie I will be talking about. Because again, this has gotten a lot of talk. So I'm sure people are going to want my opinion on this movie. So, um, but yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. And also, the movie will be coming out on Blu-ray. Let me uh, get the official news right now. Uh, let's see. Let me get it real quick. Because I can actually just look it up. Because I will be talking about the uh, Blu-ray stuff. But I might as well talk about it now. Okay, here we go. So, Rob Zombie's The Munsters is going to be heading to Blu-ray. Not that, not that long after the movie drops on Netflix. It'll be released on September 22nd. So, yeah. But, nonetheless, I will also pick it up. Because I, I will need to... Complete my Rob Zombie collection in physical media. So, with all that being said, let's take a moment to take a break from our sponsors before we get back to some more movie news. Take care. See you on a bit. As some of you may or may not know, one of the more interesting things that happened in the past couple of years is a little series called Fear Street that came on Netflix. We just talked about the Monsters Netflix. We're going to be talking about a lot about Netflix, actually. But um, nonetheless, there was a horror trilogy that came out called Fear Street. Well, it says that 
Netflix, and it's coming from Blade Discussing as well, Netflix welcomes fans back to Shadyside with uh, more films in development. My favorite was, I believe, 78? I believe that was the name of it. Um, the slasher, basically, the camp one. Netflix took a huge swing with their Fear Street trilogy, a trio of YA slashes released just weeks apart, all directed by uh, Lee Jenke. Uh, in the vein of Stranger Things, the Fear Street trilogy wasn't quite the smash hit Netflix had hoped for, with the streamer notorious for announcing unsubstantial, record-breaking streaming stats staying silent on numbers. No matter, R.L. Stein, writer of the original book series, the film's were loosely adapted from uh, the Y novel. There's been rumor of more Fear Street films. I heard rumors about more free Fear Street film movies on for Netflix because the first ones did so well last summer. Says Stein, those films kind of shocked me because they were R-rated and I've never done anything R-rated. All those teenagers were getting slashed. And I was like, suddenly I was I have a slasher movie. But he could, uh, Blade Disgusting can uh, confirm these rumors are in fact true and that Netflix is very deep in development on more Fear Street, uh, more as it's announced. Now, if you remember at the end of the last movie, there was a post credit scene revealing, basically keeping the door open for any sequels. I won't go into it if you have not seen it, but if you have not seen it, go check it out. I really recommend it. Next up in why is this happening and why, like, why? I forgot this is even in development, but they're making Teen Wolf the movie, which has already been a movie with Michael J. Fox. But the uh, reason why this is said is because it's a movie of the TV show that came out, which actually wasn't that bad, but it got stale near the end, in my humble opinion. I saw the trailer, wasn't impressed with it, and I forgot a lot of the characters before, so I'm kind of like, yeah, so. But to the Team Wolf fans out there, it's coming to Paramount Plus. Let me see if there is a date real quick. There's also a, a spinoff called Wolf uh, Wolfpack, so that will be uh, coming, and Sarah Michelle Gallar will be in that. I will discuss that right now, actually. Alright, Sarah Michelle Gallard to star in Teen Wolf spinoff Wolfpack for Paramount+. Plus. They're both coming to Paramount+, Plus, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer legend Sarah Michelle Gallard crashed Paramount+, Plus's Teen, Teen Wolf the Movie panel, and uh, today to announce, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, today to announce her casting spinoff uh, Wolfpack, her character, of her character Deadline reports that Gallard set stars as arson investigator Chris, Kristen Ramsey. Hallergar expert in her field and no stranger personal loss brought in by authorities to catch a teenage arsonist who started a massive wildfire, which may have also led to reawakening the reawakening of a supernatural predator terrorizing Los Angeles. Once again, I love Sarah Michelle Gallagher, but I can, who knows, I may see a trailer and it actually may be good, but as far as the movie part, not interested. Also, we got a new trailer for Don't Worry Darling, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, still don't fully understand this movie in regards to the premise, which is good. 
Of course, our one of my favorite actresses currently, Florence Pugh. So we were definitely excited to go check that out uh, on, I believe it comes out in September, if I'm not mistaken. Alright, so now we've got the first full-length trailer for They Slash Damn. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I've said, Kevin Bacon, what the fuck are you doing? This trailer just, once again, just explain to me what this movie is. And it has, of course, an agenda being shoved down people's throats. And that's just something that I don't like in my films or TV, personally. Is naturally progressed and all that. That's something I like. But if it's if it's something that's shoved down just to make a statement, yeah, I will be covering this movie too, reviewing it, uh, whether it's good or bad. Who knows? It could surprise me. But the trailer didn't really light the world on fire, and so I even showed my mother this trailer, and she's a big Kevin Bacon fan, and she didn't even like it. So. But that will be coming out very soon. Uh, I will actually be seeing a bullet train. So we'll have, if that's good, we'll have a movie of the week which is Bullet Train and we'll have whatever this is. Or who knows? The roles could reverse. So, next up. Alright, so we've already talked to, we've already talked about the monster right there. So, next up, Slipknot. Slipknot, so we got some music news. Every so often I'll talk about music. But Slipknot returns with a new album called titled The End So Far and new lead single, The Dying Song, Time to Sing. Love the music video, love the, the masks. The song actually is really good. I didn't know if I would like it at the beginning, but I like the different, how it sounds different from previous Slipknot songs. I always like how they try to set their game up. Uh, but the new album, I believe it has a release date, will be released on September 30th. From Roadrunner Records. So that is it. Also, this past weekend, we got the Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool 1 and 2, and Logan, one of the best comic book films ever made, released on Disney Plus this past week. Oh, that 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 is just weird seeing that. Like the Punisher and the Daredevil series on Netflix. So. But uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, Lightyear will be on Netflix or on Disney Plus on August 3rd. So that's that. So let's get into some more news right now. We'll be talking about uh, Nope later on. I'll be reviewing that in just a, a little bit. But I do want to s- talk about something I saw in the in the uh, right before the movie started. And that was a teaser. I was not expecting this. A teaser to Christopher Nolan's next film, Oppenheimer. It'll be his first film under the Universal ba- with the Universal banner since he left Warner Brothers. And that will be coming out next July. It's a little teaser trailer with Killian Murphy about the uh, atomic bomb drama. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love Tenant. I'm a big fan of Nolan, so definitely looking forward to that. Now, as most of you know, San Diego Comic-Con is going on right now, and we have some trailers that have been coming out. And one of them is, of course, Dungeons & Dragons. The trailer came out. We had some Led Zeppelin and playing in the background. It looks interesting. This is the second 
time they've tried to make a live action film, uh, big budget of Dungeons and Dragons. The last one had Jeremy Irons and it was not that good. So the trailer looked okay. It has Chris Pine, it has Michelle Rodriguez, it has Hugh Grant. So comes out next year as well. And then we also have our first image of Keanu Reeves as John Wick. Praise before the Skull Bash in action to come. He prays in John Wick Chapter 4. And that will be coming out, if I'm not mistaken, next year. If I'm, And this comes to us from Variety. So let's come out. Oh, it's coming out May 23rd, 2023. So with all that being said, I'm going to uh, take a moment to have a word from our sponsors and then we will be right back. Before we get into the Blu-ray news and the upcoming releases, I want to talk about some of the things I've recently picked up physically. And it's a mixture of games and mainly movies. But for games, I recently picked up Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse that came at, that on the Switch. I did not know there was a physical release of that game on the Switch. I actually didn't even know it was out on the Switch. But I picked that up for about $14.99 at my local GameStop. I also picked up Destroy All Humans, the remake on the Switch, for also $15. So I picked that up. I'm actually very much looking forward to checking those out. I also got Lego Marvel Collection on the Xbox One. It has Lego Marvel 1, 2, and Lego Marvel's The Avengers. All for, with all the DLC and all that, all for, once again, $15. So if you're in your local game summit, I don't think these were sale prices. So if you see these games, I, I'm a big fan of Stubbs the Zombie. So um, so grateful to play it portably. And as far as Straw Humans, love that game as well. So, um, But um, I have not played those games uh, on the Switch. So we'll see how they look. But in uh, movies, I did buy the a few movies actually. I, bought, I went to my local pawn shop and I've Every so often, because I'll buy movies brand new, and I'll buy some, some at like the exchanges and so on and so forth. Found some good good deals. I found the movie Joe with Nicolas Cage. Fantastic movie. If you have not seen it. Lucky number eleven. Never seen that movie, but um, thought, oh, why not? The girl with the dragon tattoo and the girl in the spider's web. I found that it was a combo pack. And I've never seen the Spider's Web. I've seen the, and this is the David Fitcher, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And then finally, because I have not seen it since it came out in 2011, Priest with uh, Carl Urban. And uh, Vision, if you will. So Butcher and Vision. Got all those for about 10 bucks at my local pawn shop in great condition. But more importantly, and I will be getting more of the sales on my uh, current on my next check but I did take advantage of some Criterion sales and I've got Shaft which uh, on 4k from the Criterion collection and I'm actually looking at it right now and what I love about the Shaft 4k is it comes with the 4k and the blu-ray and it comes with a blu-ray of the sequel Shaft's Big Score so if you follow me on TikTok, you'll be seeing some of these uh, videos I've posted of the unboxings. Next up, Sofia Coppola's Suicides, or Divergent Suicides. Got this, I got both of these for 25 bucks a piece. 
I also was going to buy some stuff for Prime Day, but unfortunately, my um, they never delivered it, so I had to get my refund, and it sucked because it was one of them was the Alien Six film collection. So yeah. Nonetheless, so we talked about the Rob Zombies and Monsters coming to coming to Blu-ray. No announcement on the 4K. Monty Python's Meaning of Life will be coming to 4K on September 13th. And the Batman Batarang Edition, there's a UK release for the same thing that came out at Walmart, which I do own for the Blu-ray. That's on the 4K Steelbook. But that will be coming in 4K edition coming uh, on September 19th. So let's look at some other stuff regarding... CD, uh, let's see, I'm trying to see. Okay, Superman Lois, the complete second season, will be coming on September 27th. Eli Ross, History of Horror, season three, will be coming on September 13th on Blu ray. Let's see. I believe that's it in terms of the big, big. Oh, okay, here we go. We got the Paranormal Activity Ultimate Chills Blu ray collection set. That will be coming. On October the 11th, which I used to have the Paranormal Activity Blu-ray set. I do like this one because it has the, you know, the individual set, like individual cases. And it also has the uh, the newer movies that came out on Paramount+. Plus. So I actually may pick this up. They also announced Dex the Dexter Complete Series and Dexter New Blood Blu-ray box that coming on October 4th. And then we got Scream 4K or Scream 2 4K Steelbook. So the rumors are true that we were getting Scream 2 on 4K. That will also be coming on October the 4th. No word yet on if it is coming to, uh, if we will get a standard edition. So while I, before we get into what is coming out this week, I do want to see if they've announced the actual price. Okay, so there is a pre order website. So it comes with. Um, featuring all the Paranormal More. It's a 9-disc Blu-ray set, limited edition. I love the box art in the box for this. Featuring all Paranormal Activity movies, including exclusive Blu-rays of The Next of Kin, which is the sequel on Paranormal Plus, and Unknown Dimension, the story of Paranormal Activity. So let's look at the price, because I am kind of interested in picking this up. It's only actually $67. That's actually really fucking cheap. Well, Cheap for this nice little box set. So, you know what? I will be picking this up on October the 11th. And if you're a fan of the Paranormal Activity films, you should too. Next up, we've got what is coming out this week. And we've actually got a big week. We've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming to 4K. We've got The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Chantin, which actually was really underrated. I, I enjoyed it. We got Eternal, uh, see, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind coming out in 4K. We got a uh, Green Lantern animated film. Uh, Beware My Power, that will be coming out as well on July 26th. We also have Night Gallery Season 2 coming to Blu-ray. We've got Species coming to 4K from um, Scream Factory, so that will be coming out. We got The Killing coming to 4K, and that is coming to us See, from Kino Lorber. And let's see. Let's see what else is coming out. Because we got some heavy... Those are some heavy hitters coming out. Not just from um, 
regular studios, like the big time studios. We got some catalog releases coming to us from the boutique labels. We got Primal with Nicolas Cage coming to 4K. We got reissue of of Eternal Sunshine, of the Spotless Mind coming to Blu-ray. And then, and then, and then, and then, I know we got a 4K Steelbook coming to us for, for Doctor Strange. And then, I believe that is it in regards to most of the big releases coming on July 26th. We also got Dario Jedo's Tenebrae coming. Um, I believe that is 4K, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is coming to 4K. So that is... Um, we also got some reissues of Ouija Origin of Evil and The Place Beyond the Pines coming to Blu-ray. I also got a Target edition of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We got a reissue of, the, of Changeling. And then we've got actually a reissue of The Guest coming to Blu-ray. I have the 4K Steelbook or 4K edition from Second Sight Films. And I tell you that is a one of the most beautiful Blu-rays I own. Or 4Ks, excuse me. And that is it for the week of July 26th. Now, out of curiosity, I'm curious because we actually have some good um, catalog tiles coming to us. But before we get to the movie of the week and anything else that is on my mind right now on the House Chain Podcast, we will take a moment to hear from our sponsors. In our final bit of news, we got some trailers and some announcements. X-Men 97 will be coming to Disney Plus next year as well as Spider-Man Freshman Year, another animated series. We also got the first teaser for I Am Groot, which is going to have some little shorts. We also got the trailer for, what do you call it, what was it, I Am Groot, and then we got the uh, trailer for John Wick Chapter 4, which I cannot wait for, it comes out next March. Love the trailer, it was more of a teaser trailer, to be quite honest with you. There was no Deadpool 3 announcement or anything like that, so the idea of Deadpool coming to Disney Plus wasn't a ploy for Comic-Con. To be quite honest with you, the Marvel side of Comic-Con was kind of disappointing. So with that, let's get into some game news before we get into the movie of the week. Ubisoft has come to us from Kotaku. Ubisoft's bad luck streak continues with delays, cancellation, and cost-cutting. Publisher is pinning its hopes on new mobile games and Assassin's Creed. Another big Ubisoft game has been delayed. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora won't arrive in time for the release of James Cameron's feature Avatar The Way, the Way of Water. This December is now launching sometime after March 2023 at the earliest. So that is, uh, we've also decided to start development for certain games so that uh, talents can focus on other projects that have higher priority. And Kotaku confirmed this as well. And then, of course, in addition to Avatar, Ubisoft announced say during his first quarter, first quarter earnings report that another small announced premium game project planned for th- this physical year was delayed as well. It's possible this was a reference to Project Rift and Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC turned standalone game. Bloomberg, Bloomberg reported that the game was aiming to fill holes in Ubisoft's upcoming release calendar, though, though two sources familiar with Ubisoft plans recently told Kotaku that the game was facing new challenges despite the rush to finish it. Let's see, as far as which projects have been canceled, 
We confirmed that uh, uh, today's call that at least two of them were explorers of VR and Ghost Recon Frontline. The later, the latter was a battle royale influenced multiplayer shooter, which was panned upon its announcement last year and went back to a drawing board in early 2022 after playtests accused it of feeling too much like Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty Warzone ripoff. Now let's see. Assassin's Creed remain one of the uh, few bright spots for the company. And let's see, uh, let's see. And Kotaku understands that in addition to the life service project, Assassin's Creed Infinity, you saw still planning another open world Assassin's Creed game called Project Red. And that, yeah, Ubisoft is, is having a lot of things. There's also, of course, Young Good and Evil 2, which I don't know if we'll ever see. And the final bit of gaming news we found out, and this comes to us from Game Informer, the new Skate game will be free to play. I am not, uh, I don't know what to say about this. I was a big fan of Skate, I was a big Tony Hawk Pro Skater fan, and I like the Skate games, and for this to be free to play, probably having a lot of microtransactions, especially it being EA, I don't know what to say. I'll try it when it comes out, but... I don't know. So with that, we'll take one more break and we'll be back for the movie of the week. Until then, I'll see you on a minute. And now to finish this episode, we've got the movie of the week, which was Jordan Peele's Nope. Now, I've only seen this movie once. But uh, I will say this. My favorite film of the entire Jordan Peele trilogy so far is Us. But I will say, nope is actually it could be uh, even better. I don't. I, I I may have to watch it one or two more times to make that decision. But really, did enjoy this movie. It was not what I thought it was going to be, which is actually good. I'm not going to go into details and spoilers and all that, but I will talk about a few things. Kiki Palmer was the standout of the movie. I was actually I haven't seen her in a long time, so it's cool seeing her. She was actually really good in this movie. Daniel Kouye, he he was. I liked and disliked this character. Like, I, I thought he did good, but I also thought he was very... He was a different character. Like, a, he was very, like, monotone. He was very, like, just... Not too... You know... Compared to other characters in the movie, he was very... Like, I can't think of the best way to describe it. Subtle, I believe, it would be the best way to describe it. Stephen Young, who of course was in um, Mayhem and The Walking Dead, I really liked him as Ricky. Keith David, I won't go into too much detail, but he was a glorified cameo. But my boy Michael Wincott, top dollar from The Crow, he was in this and he was great. I, I he has one of the best voices in in the industry, and I it, I was glad he had a decent role in this movie. I have not seen this man in a long time, so I was so happy to see him. He was He's one of my favorite movie villains from, again, Top Dog from The Crow. So he was another standout of the movie. I did like the opening scene of this movie, actually. And I, again, I won't go too much in this. And I liked how they kind of intersplice certain parts of it in, in within the movie. Uh, they didn't go full on detail, which was kind of a shame, but I kind of like... I do like the... Basically, you know, they left it ambiguous to a certain extent, but uh, part of me wanted to see it. Uh, it had, uh, basically all I'll say is it had to do with a monkey 
Uh, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I mean. I kind of wish they showed that whole scene in full. But then again, I'm a sick fuck, so uh, sick gorehound, so yeah. I thought the cinematography was great. I thought the visual effects were actually really fucking good in this movie. And I, like I said, I've had really no major issues with the movie. Um, the ending may be a little um, controversial to some people. Again, I won't go into it, but that's something I, I was thinking about seeing it. But uh, overall, guys... Really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoyed the cast. Again, the standups were Michael Wincott and Steve, um, or Kiki Palmer. Stephen Young was also another good one. But uh, overall, I would um, I would recommend it. I recommend you go check it out, especially if you like Get Out and Us. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are done with episode 6 of the House of Chain podcast. I will see you all next Saturday, same time, same place. And until next time, guys, thank you for everybody who has been checking this out. Thank you to everybody for being a continued supporter. Remember, if you want to support the channel or support the podcast, cost as low as a dollar. If you want to uh, donate to the show, help keep the lights on here at the house. And remember, everybody, stay groovy. And remember, the house of Chayton, the house always wins. Take care, guys.